Yeah. We're awake now. Live. From your CEO's non-reusable grocery bag. It's yet another Manic Monday edition of Business Bands. Joined by analyst whole Matt Muscardi. Yeah. Matt Muscardi. Wow. The Matt Muscardi. Whoa. Said no one ever anywhere. In today's expired milk, oh, expired milk again, called Aww. October 16th, 2023, Monday morning headlines and things our analyst whole agrees with. Yeah. And disagrees with. with. Yeah. Oh. But we can just do one if you want. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for all of it. Good. Our show today ready to go? Yeah. is being sponsored by FreeFlow Analytics, the only ESG data platform That's to right. measure real board influence. All right, let's do this thing. Oh, I do have to say. Oh, no. You can't say it during the transition music. In Friday's show, we Uh-oh. were asking about oh, no. what to call a male CEO who's brought in to be a body shield. Go like, ahead. I was calling him a sidecar. Yeah, go ahead. I did get um, a suggestion mm-hmm. that you call him the Greg because of in succession they rolled out okay. Greg to fu- to to lay everybody off and he read really badly from like a statement but they roll Greg out so they the said Greg. call him okay. the Greg. Right. I like that. I think okay. that's good. We'll call call a male body shield CEO the Greg. This coming from a guy who I'm pretty sure has not seen the show Succession, right? Am I right I've about that? I've seen the first season. That's Really that that's and you gave I, up after that? You really you weren't you know interested? What? Here's the thing. It's, it's enough. like we do it every day. Yeah, it's like asking a doctor to watch I medical know, dramas. It's like you do it all the time. It's exhausting. Except, except I kept feeling about the show's creator and writer, someone finally gets me. Someone understands. <laughs> Someone understands what I care about. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. What do you got? I got some random headlines. That's correct. The first one's quite boring, but let's let's go with it. Rite Aid just filed for bankruptcy. I didn't even know Rite Aid still existed. Aww. Yeah. Uh, how about, does anyone go there? Here's what I also didn't know. In March, the, the U.S. Justice Department sued Rite Aid, uh, accusing the company of missing red flags when pharmacists filled opioid prescriptions. That's a big one. Yeah, it is big. That's a big deal. That's pretty much the one thing they kind of should be doing, right? I, I love that it's the contributing factor to bankruptcy. That I that I like. They should be selling Skittles and shampoo and and checking those red flags when dispensing opioid prescriptions. <laughs> There's really not a lot of other stuff. That's to it. Because they don't sell don't, cigarettes anymore. I don't think. I mean, I'm sure they do. Like well, maybe it's CVS. The, maybe it's CVS. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. Um, you, you know what I noticed about this though? No. That the chair of the board, Bruce Bodiken. Okay, keep going. He presided. He's he joined the board in 2013. Yeah, the still opioid problem was from 2014 to 2019. Uh-oh. Like it was not that long ago. He is still the chair of the board. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are investors Amazing. at this point? The guy keeps getting reelected. Seriously, you know there was something else that irritated me about this board. First of all, uh, they also announced a new CEO, Jeffrey Stein. He is a he's also going to be the chief restructuring officer. He's clearly coming in because he has some experience with companies declaring bankruptcy. Fine, whatever. Who sure. cares? Okay. He whatever. replaces yeah. the interim CEO, who will forever be. 
you know, probably branded by some who don't do their due diligence as one of the causes of the failures of Rite Aid. That's oh. and that's a woman, of course, named Elizabeth Busy Burr. Oh, one of the best nicknames nickname? we've ever had in the CEO world, oh. Busy Burr. Yeah, I don't. They don't usually list nicknames, but they put it right here in the filing. They really don't. Um, so she's been the interim CEO since January. And they also appointed two new board directors, Carrie Tefner and Paul Keglovic. And the reason why I bring it up is this, is that there's a long list of boards that these two directors have been on. A lot of them are basically failure companies. So I think these are also like failure experts. Although, well, yeah, go ahead. Let me say this. On the board, now leaving the board, is Joe Anderson Jr., who is a decorated military, you know, a vet. He has a long and um, amazing career of stuff. That includes he sat on Rite Aid's board during the opioid um, scandal and left last year as they're declaring bankruptcy. And he went to join Lordstown Motors, which just declared bankruptcy this year. He joined them in 2022. He's double bankrupted. Like, maybe he's a specialist now because he's just seen a lot of it. You know, I very politely uh, put my mute on because I've been clearing my throat a lot. And then I forgot to take my mute off. How about that? Oh, really? What is yeah. this, a Zoom call this in is an amateur hour. <laughs> Uh I don't know where I was, but I, well, let me just say this. The, the, two, the two board members that they have appointed to help clean up the mess uh, have sat on a slew of other boards, including... Failures like GameStop and WeWork that are still failures. So I don't know why we think oh, these are experts. WeWork. Yeah, but here's my bigger point, which irritates me in this world of uh, the board, the bo board directors, is that uh, we've talked about this before, Matt, because I know every time you bring this up, you always scratch your head to the point of like a little bit of blood because you're so yeah. confused. Yeah, yeah. Why are these companies... of the lice. Yeah. Why are these companies allowed to appoint people to the board before the shareholder vote. They, they just, they throw yeah. people on the boards and then they put the directors up for vote the next meeting. But as we know, everybody rubber stamps these directors through. Despite I the fact that they're claiming that ISS and BlackRock are ruining the world, these directors always pass. So why do we allow them to just sneak directors onto the board before an initial vote? I, I ne will never understand it. I don't understand how that, how it works. Like I, in every other election, you nominate somebody, Before then there's a vote, they hold the then position. they have the <laughs> yes, job, absolutely. right? This is the only elected job that I've ever seen where the board nominates them and they join the board. They yes, actually they go through them. the contract. They appoint, they appoint them. them. Mm -hmm. they, they give them a contract. They give them shares. And then, and then. shareholders vote. And shareholders, what are they likely to do? Are they likely to be like, no, wait, this this person no, never. stinks at that yeah. point. Right? It never happens. Well, the, I wonder if that's part of the game. The other problem is that they really wanted to make this this situation better is that they would have a, a, a slate of directors that were competing against each other. Why not tell the shareholders what their strengths are, where they've come from, their experiences, yeah. and let the, let the shareholders decide which of these directors they think works best. But you're right. It's just they appoint... And then they sit back and they laugh because they know that nobody votes against directors. Because as we've learned, Matt, from people who are reluctant to buy our data, people are worried about hurting these people's feelings. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, right? They're, the big baby factor. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to, if we here, vote yeah. against them, they might get upset with us. 
Oh, you know what I'd like to see? I would actually really like to see like um, slate of director debates. Like, can you can you imagine like if at the annual general meeting, none of them have actually been elected, but everyone who's up for election has to give a speech and debate each other for a half an hour. And then you actually pick one that you don't think is an asshole that might actually do a good job. Wouldn't that be something? Ostensibly. Many of these corporations are more important than our actual democracy. So that is, there's in no way is that a crazy idea, Matt. In no I, way. Uh, I agree. I yeah. think it's I think it's reasonable. S- speaking of which, let's move on to uh, we have a category here called CEOs rule. But in this sense, more and more CEOs actually do rule, Matt. Yeah. We had two big elections. Swiss populists set to sweep polls with war on woke madness. That's what that's what it's called. <laughs> war on woke madness and migration. This is led by the former CEO uh, and majority shareholder of EMS Chemie, which is a plastics and chemical company. His name is Christopher Blocker. He's a basically yeah, he's an eighty-two-year-old white angry dude in Switzerland representing the a very conservative. <laughs> approach to rule over there in Switzerland. Former they don't CEO. have anybody younger than 82 who can run? Like, who I'm else, already, but, I have a problem with Biden in this country. But Matt, 3,000. Who else would say things like woke madness? That's only the, that's the role of an old white dude, unless you're Vivek Ramaswamy, I guess. But that's, that's, that's the territory of an old white guy. Uh, and yeah, also, Unfortunately, for, for all you people who used to be fans in New Zealand, New Zealand elects conservative, uh, Christopher Luxon as uh, its premier after six years of liberal rule. He was the former CEO of Air New Zealand and Unilever Canada. And uh, if you read his bio, Matt, there's a long list of things that you will feel rather frightened by. Well, isn't Unilever pretty woke? What, what Maybe not Unilever Canada. Yeah. That didn't rub off, I guess. He must have been in the fracking division of Unilever. (laughs) Let's just say that this guy is not carrying the woke mantle. So that's what's going on there in uh, elections. Also, a a little pop quiz for you, Matt. Speaking of uh, CEOs who rule, here's a headline. Experts overwhelmingly blame one person for climate change confusion, quote, one of the greatest climate villains. Here's two quotes. See if you can guess who they're talking about. Okay. He was wielded his he has wielded his global media empire as a cudgel to sow confusion and doubt about the science and the solutions. He will go down in history as one of the greatest climate villains. Another person weighs in. It's hard to think of another person who has single-handedly done more to muddy the public's understanding of climate change. This is out of reporting from the Guardian. I mean, you're talking about I guess. media empires. There's there's only one media empire that would fit this, right? It has to be Fox News. It has to be Rupert Murdoch. Ding, 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 ding. Woo! So another CEO, again, so your your suggestion that we should be able to hear director debate, we should have a, shareholders should have a vote on who gets to run these companies because maybe we, maybe we want to have a counterbalance to Rupert Murdoch. Of course, that company was you know, run by a family control, so it wouldn't yeah. have mattered. But, but still, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Yeah. I, I'm going to agree with you in theory. Yeah. We'll just do that. Yeah. Spe- speaking of family control, how about this headline? Bill Ford. 
Executive Chair Bill Ford calls for an end to auto strike, saying that America loses if union wins higher wages. (laughs) I mean, I can't make this stuff up. How does America... Wait. Yeah. This is the great-grandson of... How does that calculus work? This is the great-grandson of founder Henry Ford. Uh, He called on auto workers to come together to end a month-long strike that he says could cost the company which is really his family, the ability to invest in the future. Yeah, and wrong also. Yeah. And this reporting says it's a, in a rare speech, he says, quote, America loses uh, if this if this happens. Um, first of all, why why is the the, the great grandson of, and, uh, of founder Henry Ford, the chair, the executive chair at Ford Motor Company, who despite his family holdings, Matt, he still makes, uh, he made 18 million, 17 million dollars last year. 17 million dollars. Why is it a rare speech? Why don't we hear more from this chucklehead? Why is it rare that we hear from him? Why is he only now getting involved publicly in this strike? Why a month later? Because he's been busy counting the 17 million dollars. Busy hiding you, you, you from You realize picketers. how many nickels that is? That's a lot of nickels. Um, I, I'd also like to say that. The, the the fact that it's hurting America. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ford bought back $3.5 billion in shares between 2012 and 2022. That's money you didn't save for innovating and or paying your employees. $3.5 billion is not a small sum of money. Not to mention the fact that the primary beneficiaries of buying back those shares is the Ford family. So when you say America, yeah, do you mean my ability to buy another marble uh, bathroom installation. What, I, what do you mean by America? I, I will say this. I think his definition, according to the data that I unearthed today, I think his definition of America is white men. That's what America, I think he's talking about. Really? When, you, when you look at the data. But let me let me give you a few tidbits. First of all, uh, part of his pay, Matt, Shareholders gave him $1.7 million so he could fly uh, his company's jet and for security. Over $1 million for security. Who the hell knows who Bill Ford is? Well, they get a save, uh, a million dollars. Yeah, okay, but (laughs) could you pick him out in a lineup? Oh, could I? I mean, no. A million dollars security. Uh, other tidbit. A million dollars. He's actually security. the company's most hated director. Did you know that? For, of all the directors, 14% of shareholders voted against them. The most hated director at Ford. Um, can we go back to the I did, security? When does it cost more than a personal use of an aircraft? Uh, like, that I'm seems completely lost. like yeah. that seems anathema to like. That it's almost twice as much. He spent I, almost twice as much on security. I just want to know what's going on at Ford Motor Company, where the the executive chair gets one point one million in security and the CEO gets zero dollars in security. Like, what's really although going on that, over there? Although that said, he yeah. is the most hated director per your <laughs> second point. So true. Uh, more board uh, tidbits over there at Ford. Do you know that uh, the Ford board? I think there's fourteen people overall. There are three Williams and five Johns. Did you know that? Wow, that's <laughs> that's got to be some kind of record, right? That's got to be that's that's got to be uh, that is a record. I think there is an absurd female power gap according to our data. Twenty nine percent of the board is women, but only have ten percent of the influence. Uh, that's be- partly because Bill Ford. 
has sixty percent. Has sixty-one percent of board votes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some other information: all five named executive officers are men. Uh, of the Ooh. thirty-one, there's thirty-one company officers according to its web Ford's website. Only six are women. Yeah. And uh, and yes, of that six, one is the head of HR. And one is also a Ford family member. So really, it's like, it's <laughs> so four exactly. women, it's, right? Yeah. And then uh, don't ask me how many of Ford's 31 corporate officers are black. Do you want to ask okay. me? You can ask me. It's one. Oh, how now. many are just, black? Just one. One. <laughs> oh, In fact, great. even worse, when you pull back, uh, Ford Motor Company lists all 89 people who they deem to be part of leadership there are there. This is in Detroit, Michigan. They have only five black leaders, man. Five, and one of them is, um, is a board member, so technically not really part of the company, although part of the company's leadership. And the other one, of course, is a chief diversity officer. So there. Oh no! They I mean, really, they hit all of it. I just. Just brazenly, Matt, when you talk about who loses when he says America loses, it is the Ford family and a bunch of like white dudes, I guess. That's the America that he's is, worried about. But this is, but look, we can be upset or we can say this is why dual class shares don't really work. Yeah. Right? Like, because you can't do anything about well, it. It's a fake public company. It's not really a public company. To that point, uh, there was a shareholder proposal this year at Ford's uh, annual meeting, and by an overwhelming majority, anyone not named Ford voted to to get rid of dual-class shares. Shareholders definitely want to get rid of that at Ford, but they, th there's nothing they can do about it. And they can't. Yep. Joke's um, on you! And then finally, meanwhile, there was a headline and Fortune... Uh, Here's the headline. Very simple. Big three car makers paid their CEOs $1 billion since 2010 and now say they can't afford to pay striking workers. So to your point about that, stock buybacks, there's another yeah, billion can, dollars to add to that. Yeah, $3.5 billion just at four, not the big three. No, if you no go that's big three. All of them, that's big three car makers, $1 billion for CEOs. No, I'm saying yeah. Ford's buybacks by oh, themselves right, right, in right. that same time period was $3.5 which means if the others were doing buybacks at the same time, you're talking about like possibly you know, anywhere from six to $10 billion in buybacks and a billion dollars in pay. Um, and they can't figure out what where they could have gotten the money to pay, you know, well, a living wage and for innovation. Not to mention what this data misses is that Bill Ford's not even the CEO at Ford. And if you, he made $17 million last year. Over the last 12 or 13 years, that could be another $200 million. So that, <laughs> that and that's, yeah, that, they're just talking about the CEOs. Oh, let's, let's get out of that. I'm, I'm feeling. Yeah, I don't want to. This is How about this? Me. How about this next one? This one, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of world we live in, but I feel like this next headline kind of blows up this entire lawsuit. But just months after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis stripped Disney of its self-governing status, a neighboring theme park has been granted uh, uh, many of the same benefits, a special district. <laughs> the Orange County Board of County Commissioners unanimously voted earlier this week to create a special district for the 719 acres encompassing Universal Orlando Resort. Wow. Uh, the special district will reportedly use $174 million in bonds to fund infrastructure. Matt, ready for this? All of the board seats for the special district will be held by 
universal employees. What? Not not <laughs> friends of Ron DeSantis that are happening over at Reedy Creek. There, I mean, it's like this is just like I I just cannot believe. It's like it's the opposite world. It's like bizarro world in Florida. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Are they just going to kill this special district next, or do uh, the? Oh wait, Orlando. Don't they have a gay day? I, Matt, I am like I don't understand. This is while the lawsuit is going. How does this not completely? Doesn't this say without a shadow of a doubt that Ron DeSantis is going after Disney for political reasons? I mean, how could how could they make the case otherwise now? They 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 do seem to have gay days at Universal Studios. Except that Universal Florida. didn't say uh, anything against "Don't say gay." I suppose. I guess that's the difference. That's, but that that if that's it, if that's literally the only difference, then Disney's already crazy. slam dunk crazy. lawsuit it's is crazy. slammier and dunkier I mean, than it was slimy, ten minutes ago. So slimy. Uh, <laughs> A little bit of comic relief. I wanted to add this story in. A Citibank wins lawsuit against fired analyst who expensed his partner's meals to the company and then claimed he ate two of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I don't know why I like this one, but I, I want to hear your... Can play the role of head ethicist. You can be chief ethicist on this one. So the dude goes to Amsterdam. Okay. He... He is under his $100 daily spending allowance, but he got two for lunch. He got two sandwiches, two pasta dishes, two coffees. He had two of everything basically at all his meals. Okay. But under his daily allowance. Then I you I would never fire somebody for that. But the, okay, but then they asked him what's going on? Did you eat two sandwiches and have two coffees? And he said yes, but then later it turned out that he was lying that his partner he bought lunch okay. for his partner. So I would also where do you never fall here? ask. <laughs> I would never ask. If yeah. you give someone a hundred dollars a day and say spend it on food and yeah. things that you need, <laughs> to me, that's a hundred dollars a day that you spent on food and something that you yeah. needed. And if you were smart enough to bring your partner with you and share two meals, uh-huh. I mean, how big could the pasta two sandwiches? Be? It's, like, it's two not even two lobsters, it's just two it's sandwiches. Sh- you, you, he, it wasn't like <laughs> snorting coke off of like uh, yeah, it you wasn't know, seventeen martinis. Yeah, he he wasn't in like a you know smoking marijuana in a bar. Like it was, he's having a sandwich. And have you seen the sandwiches? It's not yeah. like the U.S. sandwiches. No, in fact, you're four, right. They're they're quite tiny in Amsterdam. Dollar yeah. you know sandwiches, and you get like you know a seven foot long sandwich. This is like a it's like a small meal with a coffee. Come on, get so, over it. Here's how sad this really is. Citibank, so they won, they won the lawsuit. It even got to the point where the dude had to admit that there, he said that there were mitigating factors, including the recent loss of his grandmother and that he was Aww. on strong, he was on strong medication when he replied that oh, he- Oh, see, that's that all, <laughs> not, that's all ridiculous. That's all right, let's get out of that. Great. Yeah. Uh, for a uh, former FTX CEO, SBF, Sam Bakeman fried, you know, as we know, was in one, uh, in court, one of the big, uh, uh, lawsuits, uh, against the CEO, he, his lawyers are saying he needs more Adderall to concentrate in court. Okay. I don't care. Imagine I mean, that, you, imagine that you're, 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 you're the, the, the government is, is, has a lawsuit. They're prosecuting you. You are right on the verge, right on the edge, Matt, 
of spending the entire rest of your life in prison, right? And you can't pay attention. You, you need Adderall. Like, I mean, really? I mean, if he's needed Adderall, if it's like, I'm you sorry. know, like a physiological I'm sorry. demand, uh, it's fine. I think I this is one that you might, might not pay attention to. I don't, I don't care about this. Mostly what I think is like, you know, will he spend the rest of his life in jail? I, I think that's actually unlikely. I think he's probably like in and out of a minimum security prison in five years. Like, and then he's doing a speaking tour for a hundred thousand dollars, uh, you know, uh, an event at, at a Newman University. Likely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, finally, I, I, that's that's like failing up one hundred and one. Finally, in CEO detention news, these CEOs get in trouble with their principals. Australia finds X, that's that's the formerly known as Twitter, for failing to crack down on child abuse content. That's one. Uh, also, Elon Musk's How dare you? Elon Musk's ex illegally fired an employee in retaliation for her internet post uh, challenging its return to office policy. That's according to the U.S. Labor How Board. And also, former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz violated federal labor law by telling a barista in California who questioned the coffee chain's response to union organizing, union organizing to go work for another company. So oh, Elon nice and Howard around. doing illegal things. That's the, I don't know that this is uh, this is just founder fetish bad behavior, isn't it? That's yeah. I just want it's just reporting the news. That's what I got, Matt. That's all. All I right, got. here's what I got. Here, oh, very simply. This is five headlines I hate that I agree with and five headlines that I vehemently disagree so, with. We've become so dumb as an enterprise now that you're just reporting on headlines that you agree with. That's that's yes. what we've come down to. That's that, that's, it's a Monday. You're going to sit through it. Wow. Okay. But I want to know whether or yeah. not you, you agree with my assessment here. Yes. Okay, here's the first one. Vivek Ramaswamy says it's, quote, not productive for companies to blacklist Harvard students who make, quote, dumb statements like blaming Israel for the Hamas attacks. Uh, Agree or disagree? Well, look, okay, this is a complicated answer. I I agree with Vivek's statement that it's not productive, but I don't agree with, with anyone reporting anything that he cares about. Also correct. I really don't yeah. care about his opinion about anything. It, yeah. it is a Harvard alumnus, which True. Vivek, you're that. True. Saying you shouldn't blame Harvard students for dumb statements. It does feel very self-serving <laughs> to the dude say, who's yeah, basically he's, he's the saving biggest. his own ass. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Uh, here's another one. VC billionaire Mark Andreessen oh. on Tesla and SpaceX. Mm-hmm. They probably would have gone under without with anyone besides Elon oh, Musk. You know, I almost spent an entire segment on this. This morning, because I, I I got down a rabbit hole, because just because this irritated me so much, because it's one of these things that in our modern culture you can kind of just throw out bullshit statements like this, like it mm-hmm. it probably would have gone under under. I it just made me insane. So you're saying you agree that it probably would have. I mean, yeah. you mean without his uh, strong personality and capital no, 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 no. and and I- what what. What? Without douchebags like Mark Andreessen basically yeah. fawning over him and giving him as much money as he wanted, because what Andreessen right, it's a self-fulfilling say, prophecy, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What Andreessen meant to say is, I have such a Musk fetish yes. that I can't fund anyone else except for maybe Adam Newman. Like that's what he meant to say. Yeah, it's a 
it's so an ass- I agree. It, He's right. Uh, uh, sure. The whole thing is asinine <laughs> to me. I mean, yeah. Moving Here's on. Here's another one. Try this. Mm-hmm. Fox News host and Trump supporter Sean Hannity suggests GOP presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy is not qualified to be president mm-hmm. because he's never held public office. <laughs> yeah, that I I definitely love that one. Yeah, there you go. But and that's I, just I, I, just great from a Trump supporter. I just just uh, yeah. a wonderful. <laughs> I actually, it's not so much to me because he's yeah. never held public office because he's unqualified because he's a rube. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's yeah, enough, yeah, right? Exactly. We're talking about Trump now, or we're talking about Vivek. What's it doesn't what, really uh, yeah, matter. Doesn't Here's matter. the next headline: I don't think it's too much. Waffle House workers push for twenty five dollars oh, an hour. I, there, I'll disagree. Uh, you know, uh, I've been to a couple of Waffle Houses. Uh, uh, it, it was you know, and I've been in the middle of the night. Uh, you know, like yeah. 3 a.m. Right. This is already bad ideas. Matt, I, I mean, these, these people deserve a lot of fucking money. That's what I'm saying. Uh, these are not That's safe. These are not safe places. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, like, I don't think it's too much. It, I think no. it should be $100 an hour. Probably. If you've never been in a Waffle probably. House. Yeah, especially after midnight. Yeah, when the bar is let out. They're, they're <laughs> dicey situations. Yeah. Here's a sub headline Attorney, uh, Waffle House shooter, believe oh. God commanded him. These, oh, boy. This is like a routine in Waffle yeah. Houses. In fact, I've read articles about how come there are so many shootings in Waffle Houses only. They're, well, they're horrible places. Yeah. Well, because they're, you know, they're in states with no gun laws. And again, they're catering to the like post bar scene where everyone's like drunk and walk around it's with their guns. Great. And yeah. Just pay the people. All right. Here's the last one and things I hate I agree with. Uh-huh. They don't go for jewelry anymore. Olive oil theft on the rise in Greece. Well, well, I will say this: as uh, being half Greek, the Greeks don't have a lot of money. They're, they don't own a lot of expensive jewelry. There's none no. of my family. I'm just saying. But and There's and some. And I'll say this: there's nothing better than olive oil. It's my it's that, probably my favorite thing on that's, the planet. That's the correct answer. Yeah, olive oil is better. Period. Good, it, it's better than everything. Yes. Here are things I vehemently disagree with. Uh oh. Do you agree or disagree? Okay. Here's the first one. Plant-based cheese may be getting more appetizing. Yeah, I knew you would piss you would piss on this one. I'm I'm open to alternative meat and cheese world. I know you are against them. I, I'm open. I'm open. I eat impossible burgers. I'm okay with that. Impossible yep. sausage. I'm okay with that. Plant-based cheese is not getting more appetizing. As someone who's lactose intolerant yep. and doesn't have a lot of cheese choices, yep. I still refuse. Plant-based cheese. Maybe she'd give it another shot. Here's one. Netflix is planning houses where fans can get closer to their favorite shows. What does that mean? They're opening houses, like themed what? houses, so you people fans can go like a like, Stranger watch Things house. A, uh, yeah, well, you can like, watch the show in a. Oh my God. <laughs> well, get out! I, get out! Who am I to laugh? One of my favorite. Uh, uh, trips over the last like 10 years was taking my daughter to the Harry Potter studios in London. I thought it was fantastic and I don't even really care much about Harry Potter. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. Maybe it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, okay, but but like can we at least at a, at a baseline agree that we spend so much goddamn money on entertainment it's, that it's we have crazy. We have strikes and it's unionizing crazy. pushes because we won't pay employees, but we will pay billions of dollars to build fake worlds so yeah. that we will watch it on a TV. Like, What's missing on. out of this headline is is uh, co-CEO Ted Sarando saying today, I believe, and this guy makes like uh, even for CEOs the dudes 
rich. I think he makes like a, routinely like around $150 million a year. Uh, he was saying that the reason why the strike is still going on is because of all things, the actors were act were asking for like a cut of, of successful of shows. On, like, yeah, you know, they're trying to just share the profits on successful shows. And that's, that's too much for old Teddy boy. So, well, here's one that I vehemently disagreed with. Um, why did the metaverse die? Because Silicon Valley doesn't understand the concept of fun. Uh, I don't know. Why do you disagree with that? Because it was a hellhole. It had nothing to do with Maybe. fun. Like, what? <laughs> I might agree with that one. I think that the the, no, the, you're right. the leaders of Silicon Valley, I think all they really know is like vapid apps that get you addicted. I don't know if they know fun. No, of course they don't know fun, but that's not my point. The metaverse didn't die because it wasn't they fun. They didn't understand it fun. It died because it sucked and it yeah. was horrible. All right, people. moving on. Dollar General's Boomerang CEO doubled its market cap during his first stint. Can hmm. he do it again? No. <laughs> that is correct. The answer <laughs> is no. You got yeah. that one right. That industry, there's there are, there are issues in that industry from like basically every known stakeholder that in existence, and probably seventeen other stakeholder groups that we don't know about yet that haven't even <laughs> been invented. It is just like an industry waiting to blow up. Really, I mean, it's it's the worst. It's it is the, the dregs worst. of yeah. Uh, like they, he has routinely had the the one of the largest worker CEO pay ratios. Oh. It, of American companies. Like, if it's there's, horrible. If there's ever an industry where workers need to unionize ASAP, it's this one. Because at worst case scenario, that if, like, you know, Ronald Reagan's ghost comes back alive, becomes president, and fires all the striking workers, it doesn't matter. Get any other job anywhere else. Well, it's funny you say that because this is a headline from 2021. Uh, people are fed up. Dollar General workers push to unionize amid hostility from above. Above being that guy, the yeah. boomerang CEO. Right. The same yeah. guy. Um, and here's my last one. Yes. Let's cheer Sobriety. for the last one. <laughs> well, you don't cheer. I cheer. Yeah. Sobriety is in, which, and non-alcoholic beer sales are soaring. I don't know how I feel about this one. I Okay. Here's how I feel. Sobriety yeah. is not in. I don't drink. But no, America is shooting cans of beer because they're woke. It's not that sobriety is in. It's that wokeness, yeah, right. anti-woke is in. And they're just waiting to get totally hammered when they can find something that isn't woke, according to most of America. That's what not, I think. Not to start a sad, like comedy routine because I'm not that funny but non-alcoholic beer what 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 is that is that like milk water why would you drink non-alcoholic beer I don't what, what are you doing there anyway what's wrong with <laughs> that's you a good, that's a good place to end it what is wrong with you that's Damien Rollis I'm your analyst on Matt Muscardi we are free float today's show was sponsored by freefloatanalytics.com I don't know why we say it every single show and you still don't go and sign up just go and sign up it's free. Yeah. For, I mean, like, just it, it takes nine seconds of your time, and then it's fun all the time to look up your directors and assholes on these boards. We'll be back on Wednesday with a Woke Wednesday, and we got a big interview coming oh, up who? this week, too. We are interviewing John Lucomnik this week. Um, oh, I thought he was interviewing you. Well, we're interviewing him. He's oh, interviewing wow. us. It's going to be the whole thing. But stay tuned for that coming soon. Until then... 